0: Welcome to this 8:20 a.m. The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Welcome
1: to Heart of the City. I'm your host, Adrian Tejerina, Director of Local Ministry at KGNW. On this program, we highlight churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear how God is moving in the Pacific Northwest. And one of my greatest hopes for this program is to encourage you, the listener, to join in the work that's happening at these organizations. You know, all of this that we're broadcasting, uh, featuring these local ministries, is an opportunity for you to come to support or become part of the fellowships that we introduce you to. And today, I have the beautiful luxury to travel across the Sound to be here in Bremerton with Dr. Phil Fernandez. He's the senior pastor of Trinity Bible Fellowship in Bremerton, Washington, and host of Knowing Christ with Dr. Phil Fernandez, which airs 7 o'clock to 8 p.m. on 820 a.m. The Word. Glad to be in Bremerton with you and have you on the program.
2: Oh, it's, uh, it's great to be here.
1: You know, it's just, uh, as, as somebody who's more recent, recently coming to Seattle, it's been great to kind of get to know the neighborhoods. Yeah. And so to actually come on the ferry and come over here, I felt like I had the real Seattle experience, you yeah. know? Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Do you get on the, the ferry very often? Do you travel back and forth very much? Uh, yeah, when
2: I came out here in the Marine Corps in uh, 1981, it was like a real lot of fun. It reminded me of the Staten Island Ferry, mm-hmm. you know, the Statue of Liberty and all, and and so it was a real lot of fun. But after after you're here for a few years, it gets old. So uh, <laughs> I've it's, heard. A, it's not much better than a bus ride after a while. You don't even look out the window.
1: So. You know, I have a, a few coworkers of mine that do that regularly. Yeah. And it just seems, yeah. yeah it's it's just, just a hassle. Yeah, yeah. it's just part yeah. of the, the, yeah. the experience, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to be talking with you and interviewing you. Um, I know that you have been a programmer uh, on our stations. And it's just a pleasure to, to get to talk in person. And so, yeah, well, we start up this conversation, you know, uh, Pastor Phil, I'd love to hear from you about your journey with Jesus and how you became the senior pastor of Trinity Bible Fellowship.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a a long story, so I'll try to uh, really abridge it, but I I grew up in uh, Essex County, New Jersey, uh, uh, which kind of borders on New York City, and uh, I was uh, the grandson of uh, Portuguese immigrants and Italian immigrants, and it was a different time back I was born the first day in 1960, so it was mm-hmm. a different country back then. And uh, and uh, and so, uh, you know, I was uh, raised in a Catholic home, but I never really believed. And uh, boxing was my thing. I got into boxing, and I wasn't getting anywhere on that. So a, a light heavyweight, uh, so I was pretty much agnostic at that point, mm-hmm. questioned God's existence. And a light heavyweight at the Caldwell Police Athletic League talked me into uh, – Um, joining the Marine Corps with him on the buddy system. And so I Mm -hmm. figured, you know, hey, I never wanted to be a a Marine, but, you know, if my friend wants to, you know, we'll be on the buddy system. At least wherever I get uh, transferred to, he's going to go as well, Mm -hmm. and uh, wherever I get stationed. And uh, so uh, he didn't show up to take the oath. So I was there with, like, five strangers. It was his (laughs) idea, and they were (laughs) flying me out of Newark. Mm Mm-hmm. At uh, Paris Island in South Carolina for boot camp, and I was like, "Man, what did I get myself into?" And uh, <laughs> and we had hostages in Iran, mm. so you know I was apolitical back then. I didn't didn't know what was going on, but I I just figured, hey, you know, if I'm going to join the Marine Corps, they're going to send me over there to Iran and, and fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, but while I was in boot camp, uh, Ronald Reagan got elected, so Ayatollah Khomeini started coughing up the hostages. Mm. And um, and all of a sudden, I was a peacetime Marine, mm-hmm. and uh, which meant they ended up sending me to Camp Pendleton for infantry training school. But then eventually up to uh, Washington, Bangor, Washington,
3: mm-hmm.
2: to guard nuclear weapons, which is like the most boring duty on the planet Earth. Because <laughs> like the the Bin Ladens of the world are not going to mess with, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of fully armed Marines on the nuclear missile movement. So. Um, so whatever the case, I thought I was going from a pretty exciting lifestyle in New Jersey to a real exciting lifestyle in the Marine Corps. And it turned out to be the most, probably the most boring duty you can have on Mm -hmm. earth. So I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. So I started looking for meaning. I didn't really care about truth, but I started looking for meaning. And I was, I think I was reading Hal Lindsey books at that time about, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know what I believed. So I started believing in God and hoping that God existed and, um, one thing led to another, and eventually, uh, I was invited to a uh, charismatic Catholic prayer meeting, and was given very clearly the gospel message. And mm-hmm. So I trusted in Jesus uh, for salvation, and uh, and then I began to grow in the Lord, and I felt led from studying the Bible to to leave the Catholic Church and to leave the charismatic movement. And uh, this was back in '81 when I got saved, and uh, but the uh, I met my Wife at the future wife at the prayer meeting, my wife kathy and and our daughter melissa and uh, and so uh so after I came to Christ, I started uh answering other marines' objections. I stayed in the marine Corps till october of eighty mm-hmm. three and uh, so I got interested in apologetics, the defense of the faith uh but one thing led to another so after I got out of the marine Corps enrolled in liberty university and I worked 10 years still at Bangor with the civilian sub base police department. Mm-hmm. Back then it was Pan Am, so they'd fly me out to Liberty for free. And um, and i get, you know, a lot of the schooling was extension. They're like two weeks out of each year, you go there for like 80 hours of lectures and stuff. And so I started studying. I started a Bible study in 1986. And by 1988, I had a few people that asked me to be their pastor mm-hmm. and start a church. So in March of 1988... Almost 34 years ago, uh, I planted Trinity Bible Fellowship, mm-hmm. and we just had a few people in, and we grew to the point where I was uh, uh, full-time in 19,
3: 1994,
2: mm-hmm. and um, and I was a full-time pastor till 1999, but then we took a little dip in numbers, mm-hmm. and the funds weren't coming in. So me and the missus then, you know, prayed that I get a day job teaching the Bible, and, mm-hmm. and at that time I was teaching for Cascade Bible College out in Bellevue, so I thought maybe it was that, but as it turned out, uh, God answered that prayer 10 days later, I got offered the teaching position here at mm-hmm. uh, at Cross Point, the mm-hmm. uh, kindergarten to 12th grade, but I teach high schoolers, so...
1: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. You know, that was my a question that I had for you. And, you know, as a, a teacher, what are your favorite t- subjects to teach on? Well, I teach a variety of courses and we kind of
2: revolve them and all because they're for concurrent credit. So I'm, I'm considered an adjunct professor for Northwest University mm-hmm. out of Kirkland. And, uh, you know, I have a, a doctor of philosophy, doctor, a Ph.D. degree in philosophy of religion and a uh, uh, doctor of ministry degree in apologetics. And so I was approved to be uh, an adjunct professor. So the courses I teach here at Crosspoint, the students can take them for concurrent college credit. Wow. And then some of our students go on to Northwest in Kirkland. Uh, Others go on to Grand Canyon University Mm -hmm. in in Arizona. And uh, some of the credits are even accepted at schools like University of Washington Mm -hmm. and things of that sort. But um, I teach, like, developing a biblical worldview, which deals a lot with apologetics um, I teach Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, the Book of Acts, um, um, and now I'm getting a little bit of a brain cramp here, but but I, I teach several courses that deal with uh, uh, apologetics and things along those lines, and I, I just have to make sure it's a course that's being taught in the first or second year mm-hmm. at Northwest University so they can actually give concurrent credit mm-hmm. for it, so, and it's when working here at this school has been just, just great, Pastor, Tom Dushman at um, uh, Gateway you know, backs me 100%. She mm-hmm. treats me like a king. Our, our principal, uh, Principal Kong, she uh, she encourages me and stuff like that. Is a good leader. She you know when I'm missing the boat, she lets me know. And uh, but um, I, I just feel you know the students. I love the students. Mm-hmm. I think they love me. And the parents are good to me. So everybody treats me well. And they call me Doc because I'm the only guy with a doctorate degree teaching at the high school and stuff. But it's been a real good experience. This is my 23rd year. I never – I took this position because I didn't want to take an out-of-state position where I'd have to give up my church and Mm -hmm. and take my wife away from her family Mm -hmm. because I knew how hard that is. I'm 3,000 miles away from my people back in Mm -hmm. Jersey, the Fernandezes and the Minichinos. So uh, – but – so it's been real great being bivocational, vocational teaching Bible full time mm-hmm. here and then pastoring uh, my church and uh, and so it's just been a blessing and a half.
1: So. Yeah, it's that's amazing to hear how God has blended those passions of yours, oh, you time. know, and that's so cool that you're also able to just really pour into this up and coming generation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that that's just so cool, you know. Yeah. And for folks who are in the Bremerton area, I mean, lo- let's look into Gateway Bible f- uh, Schools because I mean that's a, a a, not, a thing that you wouldn't see very offered very much, you know, having high schoolers taking these concurrent credits. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a tremendous opportunity. And
2: it's just the the, the Church Gateway Fellowship, uh, Pastor Tom, and them. They, they, I mean, they're they're taking a strong, firm stance for historic biblical Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so, if if uh, there's Christian families out there that don't want their kids, you know, being taught some anti-Christian worldview and stuff. Crosspoint is the is the place to be out here.
1: Well, I wanted to ask you, as a pastor, what has been like your your greatest pleasure? Pastoring a church for so long, being a part of the community, being part of the city. What's been your greatest, you know, pleasure of, of doing that?
2: Well, you know, I, I I come from New Jersey and being half Portuguese and half Italian. There's big families and uh, um, and it's got good to it. And it's also, I mean, when you get big Italian families in in Essex County, New Jersey, that's there could be some issues there i'm not going to get into that but mm-hmm. but whatever the case um being around big families I'm a, I'm a social creature and uh and i just love that fellowship from our people i love studying the word i love preaching the word we preach the meat of the word we apply it to what's going on in the world which doesn't always make us popular um but we you know we stand for god's truth but. I just—I'm so in love with my people. Me and my wife are so in love with our people. But it's actually—we've been such a small church for so long, and now we're starting to grow, and now I'm being spread a little bit too thin. So Mm -hmm. pray for me that I learn to delegate better Mm -hmm. because we got got leaders that uh, are willing and able uh, to disciple people, but I've got to learn not to— it's not my job to become everybody's best friend. Mm -hmm. So as new families come in, they can't quite get the— the access that they used to when we were a church of 30 Mm -hmm. people being a church of 110 120 people is a lot different and all but i do like you know we've got we've got people that are getting older in our congregation but we've got a lot of younger families and it's nice to see the kids running around and Mm -hmm. i'm the kind of pastor i enjoy hearing a kid uh (laughs) scream out and yell or laugh during my sermon and Mm -hmm. uh but we have you know we've got children's church and stuff we've got you know qualified people teaching those so uh but some families will keep their kids in the service and some will put them down in children's church mm-hmm. and uh but whatever whatever the case it just it just being part of that spiritual family that yeah. really fills that void you know when i left jersey for the marine corps i uh i always thought i was going back i had no idea that that uh i was going to meet jesus mm-hmm. and uh and it was uh it was going to you know keep me away from my people until until my parents died i 'd go back to Jersey every once a year. Mm-hmm. Now, I think my dad died in two thousand and nine I don't think I've been back to Jersey more than two or three times since mm-hmm. then and uh and so that's always been a little tough, but you know my wife's family kind of adopted me and uh and uh but I got my church family mm-hmm. and it's so I got people that'll you know they they're i'm not just there for them they're there for me too. Yeah. So.
1: Well, it's, it's great to hear that there's that growth, you know, speaking of the book of Acts, you know, we yeah. see when there, when there's comes a point where, you know, some of the apostles had to devote themselves to the teaching and yeah. uh, just listening to your program that we have on air, yeah. it's just, you are such a passionate teacher that, and you, clarif- you you communicate so clearly, yeah. you know, the truth of the scripture. I just want to encourage you in that. Yeah. It's amazing to hear you. And then, like I said, for us to have this conversation and, uh, and to hear how God's bringing all those passions together is yeah. really cool.
2: Uh, Lord Lord is, Lord is good. And uh, I remember Francis Schaeffer used to say, as you get educated and you learn the big words, don't forget the little words. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to, you're only going to be able to talk to scholars or whatever. And uh, and my heart is, well, you, you call this, what, heart of the city? Mm-hmm. My heart is for the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, now our church is, I mean, you come from Seattle, and you come to downtown Bremerton, it doesn't look like you're in a city but, mm-hmm. but that's the closest thing in have <laughs> County. We got into a city and um and so we're we're right there on Sixth Avenue in uh in uh Bremerton and it's it's a city. We're we're out there with the city people mm-hmm. and, and uh and so God is good and um you know, I was kind of a city boy from New Jersey and now we're out here, he's got a situation out here in the city. But uh you know, I just love the Lord and I, I love people and you know, before I was a Christian, I wasn't the nicest guy in the world, and I can't change the the past, but, uh, but God's forgiving, he's gracious, and then he empowers us. So that's why I, I try to never end the conversation with somebody without saying, God bless you. Mm-hmm. And now with COVID and everybody freaking out, I could say, uh, you know, God bless you and be safe. Mm-hmm. And it, it's amazing the responses I get from people because it's like, you say, God bless you, and they think, oh, it might just be a formula that he, this guy has. But when I say, you know, you know be safe,
3: mm-hmm. they
2: actually think, hey, maybe this guy actually actually does care about me, which yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of, you know, Phil Fernandez. It's because of the changes mm-hmm. that the Lord Jesus made to me. So.
1: You are listening to Heart of the City, and we are joined by Dr. Phil Fernandez of Trinity Bible Fellowship in Bremerton, Washington, the host of Knowing Christ with Dr. Phil Fernandez, which airs 7 to 8 p.m. on 820 a.m. The Word. And we're just having an amazing conversation of how the Lord has brought uh, all of these passions of uh, Dr. Phil's into just a wonderful conversation. mixture of, of teaching the Bible, equipping the saints, <laughs> and equipping high school students, but also just loving and serving uh, a congregation faithfully. Before we continue our conversation, I just wanted to read Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. As I was praying over my brother, I, this verse came to my mind, and I just want to read this to you all, the listener. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in Righteousness that the servant of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, Pastor Phil, with your apologetics work, I just wanted to hear a little bit more from you uh, about your experience with apologetics and uh, just how did you – you t- t- talked a little bit about how you got into that ministry, but what, what did you kind of do specifically in the area of apologetics? Yeah, well,
2: um, you know, as a, a Marine who got saved, they used to have a Bible study called Jarheads for Jesus – and a lot of the Marines that attended my little Bible study had questions. And so I got in the business real quick of answering objections to the Christian faith, and I didn't even know it was called apologetics back then. Then I started listening to the original Bible answer man, Walter Martin, who was also a New York, New Jersey guy, and I took a liking to his ministry. And then when I went to— Liberty University I was trained by Dr. Gary Habermas, mm-hmm. who's probably the world's foremost expert in uh, the historical evidence for Jesus' resurrection. Later on, I did studies at Southern Evangelical Seminary uh, under uh, Norman Geisler, another leading apologist. Mm-hmm. But uh, but in 1988, when I planted my church, I was preaching a lot of apologetic, philosophical messages from the Bible, mm-hmm. but I would bring in the those angles— and I found out I was preaching over my people's heads, mm-hmm. and uh, the Lord showed me that hey, you know, you got to meet your people. if you love your people, you got to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. So I, th- but I thought, well, wait, I'm learning all this apologetic stuff. What am I going to do with that? So I started in 1990 the Institute of Biblical Defense mm-hmm. to help train Christians in defending the faith, and we used to offer certificate programs and stuff like that. They'd listen to my lectures online and read textbooks and take notes and and things of that sort but as time went on I don't know how but um words started getting out about me I think maybe firefighters for Christ because they started putting my my lectures online mm-hmm. and then uh, apologetics 315 Brian Orton mm-hmm. out of Ireland he started putting my lectures online so started reaching a lot of people so next thing you know I was getting phone calls from atheist and Christian organizations like uh, campus crusade for Christ mm-hmm. for instance and they'd ask me to do debates. So I've, I've had debates defending God's existence at, at Princeton, mm-hmm. at um, what used to be Bellevue Community College, um, State University of New York, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill campus, uh, Washington State University. And so I had about, uh, about between 25 and 30 debates. And then the videotapes of those started getting mm-hmm. uh, a lot of hits and a lot of views and um and so uh but I, I just think we live in a what Francis Schaeffer called a post-Christian era where it's almost impossible to share your faith without defending it mm. and so now as we share our faith we've got to also be prepared to defend it as you know First Peter three fifteen mm-hmm. talks about that making a defense mm-hmm. of the hope that is in you yet with gentleness and reverence so, so we need to not only speak the truth in love but even defend the truth mm-hmm. in love and um uh, and so I've had a great time doing that, and uh, um, gained some some noticed in apologetic circles. It was, years ago, I was listed as one of the top one hundred ap- apologists in the English speaking world, and uh, and so now I I head up the uh, Doctor of Ministry and Apologetics program for Veritas International University mm-hmm. out of Southern California, mm-hmm. and um, and. And I'm the vice president of the International Society of Christian Apologetics, where just the, the number one academic uh, society defending biblical inerrancy, because mm-hmm. the Evangelical Theological Society has gotten a little little wishy-washy on that. And uh, so God's really blessed me in the in apologetics work. That's my that's my love. Whenever a, a young guy or a young gal wants to start an apologetics ministry and go full time in it, I tell them, don't. Don't quit your day job. And um, Mm. in fact, I used to tell people, look, I pastor a church and teach Bible at a Christian high school to support my apologetics Mm -hmm. habit. (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, there's a few Frank Tarek, Frank's a friend of mine. There's a few Frank Tareks out there Mm. um, who know how to build, do quality work, but they know how to build uh, a ministry where you could be full time. Most of us. (laughs) we don't have that kind of knowledge so don't Mm -hmm. quit your day job but uh i just i wish more churches would hire uh assistant pastors who would specialize in apologetics and Mm -hmm. things of that sort so yeah yeah
1: well brother it seems like you have a lot of years ahead of you doing this Uh,
2: i hope so i'm uh you know my my father's side of the family they like my two uncles just died at age 97 and 95 so If it's God's will, and he wants me preaching until I'm 100, Mm and I'm all for it, so...
1: Well, I wanted to ask you a question that's more like a a wider spectrum. You know, if you could give one message to the church in the Pacific Northwest, uh, what would you tell the followers of Jesus in this area?
2: Yeah, I I guess if we just limited it to to one message. I mean, we could focus on prayer and get into your Bible study, but that kind of goes to to all Christians and all. But I think... uh, uh, a message that needs to be heard right now uh, is, you know, despite the fact that we want to find common ground with those in the world, let's not focus so much on common ground that we become the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and we've we've got to take our stand. We're 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 going to lose some friends if we stand for Jesus. It's not politically correct to preach Jesus and to preach. Um, the the gospel message of salvation through faith in him and to preach biblical morality. It's not going to make us popular. And so um, I I think we need to be willing to suffer Mm -hmm. and to be persecuted. Some of us uh, could lose our jobs in the near future. Um, If uh, Pastor Tom and Gateway Fellowship, if they weren't taking a strong stand, there's, I probably could have lost my job here because mm-hmm. I'm taking a strong stand for, for God's truth. So mm-hmm. the one message I would have is don't compromise. I, I preached a message a few weeks ago, and it's on our website and all, but be a Daniel, not a fool.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, you know, because you could be a fool by saying, well, I want to I win people in the world, so I'm going to be the world. Mm-hmm. No, that's a fool. But you could also be a fool and say, I'm going to disagree with the world on everything they say that's not biblical, so much so that that will push people away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to be faithful leaders in uh, a pagan empire mm-hmm. um, uh, without compromising their faith, mm-hmm. and that's not easy. I yeah. mean, you you got to be filled with the Spirit. You got to wake up in the morning, studying God's Word and praying, so that you get filled with the Spirit, so it becomes natural to walk in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we've got a lot of tough decisions ahead, but do not compromise your faith, stand firm in the faith. King Jesus, isn't going to let you down. Mm-hmm. So don't, uh, you know, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians five fifteen, you know, he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their, their behalf. So live for Jesus, uh, put his kingdom first, uh, live, live to give him glory, not yourself. And uh, stand firm in the faith. Don't compromise.
1: Well, Pastor Phil, thank you so much uh, for uh, inviting me out here to Remerton and uh, coming on the show.
2: Oh, you're very welcome, brother.
1: Well, if you're in the Bremerton area and would like to connect with Trinity Bible Fellowship, please visit their Facebook page or visit tbfchurch.net or philfernandez.org. And be sure to tune in to Knowing Christ with Dr. Phil Fernandez on 820 AM The Word. This is Adrian The Director of Local Ministry at 820 AM The Word. Thank you so much for tuning in today.
0: You've been listening to this 820 AM The Word special, Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 20 AM, The Word, go to thewordseattle.com.